I'll tell you honestly, if the kid turned out to have three eyeballs and four ears and look like the milkman, we would have been fine. What I love about your eggs is that we find solutions. Oh my God, I totally get what you're saying. Hey, and thank you for joining me. This is Don Lewis, and I am here doing an episode of Excited. This is a sponsored uh, podcast that talks about things in fertility, especially dealing with egg donation, adoption, surrogacy, and fertility treatments. Today is really an interesting uh, podcast because I brought someone in who took the journey and actually looked at doing, uh, started out looking at doing an adoption. And uh, after they got down that path, they changed directions and went with donation for a bunch of different reasons, but some really good and solid ones. But, you know, it's a personal choice. There are benefits on both sides doing it either way. Adoption offers homes to children that would have maybe an unstable life. And it's absolutely amazing the people that do that. So my guest is Jay, and I appreciate him taking the time out of his schedule to come in and talk about what he went through. Because when we were talking about it earlier, I said, hey, this is like really a good option to put out there for people to hear and uh, that are going through this, that want to increase the family and are not sure which direction to go. Well, thanks for letting us, uh, letting me come and tell my story. I really appreciate it. Uh, now that we're on the other side of it, you know, there are definitely some lessons learned that I think are good to share with folks about me. I'm a 50 year old gay man, uh, live with my husband of 12 years and we have a beautiful baby boy, uh, who's just about seven and a half months old. Uh, and there's some, there's some weak number count that I'm supposed to know, but I, I just seven and a half months. Um, and, uh, I work in the finance industry. My husband works for a nonprofit organization um, when we are what you would consider, you know, middle class income kind of family. Right, right. I like that, uh, how he uh, wants you to keep those, keep it down to the weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's like 30, <laughs> like that. I'm entirely sure. 32. Hopefully he doesn't hear this and hold that. Make any <laughs> I'm sure there will be words, ex- words <laughs> exchanged. So what I found out really that I thought was so interesting about your journey was when we were talking about this, you were talking about how you, you wanted to go into adopt and it was because of all the right reasons, you know, you felt like like it was going to give a child a home that didn't have one, a, a real home. Well, initially, you know, we looked at foster care. We looked at uh, trying to adopt through the foster care system. And that was that was our initial sort of stop, a start. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're we're white liberals. And so, of course, you would adopt through foster care. That's that's what you do. Right. Uh, but as we as we looked at it. The fear that we had was that while we would love to give a child who may not be in a stable situation, a stable and loving situation, there's always that risk in the back of your mind that that child's going to go away. And that was our biggest fears that we'd get attached to this wonderful hard. soul. Right. And we've had some friends who've, and they, and they tell you that up front, yeah. they say, this is a, this is a temp job. Um, and, and there is the possibility down the road that this might be a permanent solution, but this is a temp job because this is, this is a community help. And that just, 
that didn't fit the gold that we had. No, and I, I, could ima- I can't imagine because, I mean, to think about that and have this, this relationship with this child and the state just goes, no, they're going to take that away. That, I mean, imagine, anybody listening to this, imagine if you have a child that you've bonded with and you, it's just your, your waking world and then all of a sudden someone walks in and says, sorry, we're going to have to take that back. I, I get that. I get yeah, and, it's, and in one hand, it's a wonderful thing. Because now the unstable situation that this child came from is now stable and good. And, and, and you have the opportunity to reunite this family that desperately needs to be reunited. But on the other hand, there's, there's us on the, on the back end kind of like, and, and, and okay, <laughs> you know, how do you process that emotionally? And, and so my husband and I, we were, we, you know, the more we got to talk about that, we did a couple of sort of introductory sort of onboarding uh, meetings and sessions. And, and ultimately we decided that that was going to, that this process can be painful and confusing enough and that we probably wanted to limit limit our exposure to emotional damage. No, I mean, like you said, I, I, I don't know how how you go through something like that and not become scarred from it. But And then that kind of led you into the path of, hey, why don't we just look at going into adoption? That mm-hmm. was the next launch. That was the next launch. Yeah, and I, and I have to pause and say that those folks who do provide foster care for kids are amazing, wonderful souls, and they understand that it's a temp gig, and, they, and hats off to them. They are better people than I. Absolute um, angels. But, yeah. <laughs> on earth. Yeah. Um, and, but that said, yeah, so ultimately we decided to look at adoption. And I got to tell you, there was some sticker shock there. Um, there's a couple of different ways you can go through an agency or you can go through a, a lawyer. We're in California, so it's really more the agency option. Um, and it was not as affordable or as low priced as we had anticipated. We were looking at, I think, all in right around sixty five, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. And for that kind of money... There are other options that might be a little more toward our liking. And then again, with the adoption thing, there's no guarantees there until that baby comes out and it's placed in your care, because kind of up until then, there's always the option for the person to change their mind. And sure. and and there's no there's no guarantees with that either. And so the more we looked at some of those options, the more we thought how much is our peace of mind worth? Right. How much is it worth to make a plan that we know is is still not 100% guaranteed, but has a higher likelihood of ending in a way that we're, that's going to make us happy? Well, you were telling me also, which just, I couldn't, and I don't think this way. And so when you start talking about running into like faith-based ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So not every adoption agency has to work with families who are queer. Um, they, they just don't have to. And uh, there are some organizations that get around that because they are based in other states. Um, even though they do business in California, they're based in other states. And we were kind of looking at maybe doing some out-of-state adoptions. And that was one of the one of the biases that we ran up against. And it was sort of jarring. And, you know, we live here where, you know, you can... You know, I've got a bumper sticker on my car and nobody seems to mind. And, you know, I don't get right. any dirty looks or dirty, you know, and that's just not, that just isn't anything that we had anticipated running up against. But well, And they could throw a wrench in it anyway. At any time. Yeah. And you wouldn't even know. Right. So, so you had to deal with it being way more expensive, uh, a very uncertain outcome. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you had to deal with trying to navigate through 
prejudice, basically. Yeah. And so so that was why it was important for us once we kind of decided to explore other options that we found clinicians and we found agencies that were not just tolerant, but celebratory, that, that were welcoming. And that was something that we started looking at uh, quite closely. Well, and, and for, for me, because I've, I've been, you know, I do a kind of a deep dive before I, I do this. I'm looking at the, the pros and cons. A, you're, you're two gay men and you get to at least put one of your DNAs into the into the potential egg and then have it grown. So you have a biological end, you can go through and pick the characteristics and these eggs are checked. So you have a genetic readout knowing that you're getting a healthy embryo, blastocyst, or, or a baby, eventual baby, if if everything goes well. Obviously no guarantees. Right. And that was you know that was a good benefit to have. I'll tell you honestly, if the kid turned out to have three eyeballs and four ears and looked like the milkman, we would have been fine. But ultimately, those are decisions that you make during the process. Not because you're not because you're wanting to have the blonde, blue, white baby, but because you want to make sure that you're putting and this is how it is explained to us uh, that you're putting in the healthiest embryo that has the best chance of viability. Um, and that's why they do those genetic tests to make sure um, that if if we have a disease that is handed from from father to son, then we're going to pick a, a, a female embryo. Um, if and, and so those those are some of the stuff that uh, that, that factor into those decisions um, that that through this this high tech, you know, Star Trekky uh, process, they can they can really kind of whittle down into 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 that that degree of certainty of viability, and that was really what we cared about. Because again, we started this journey wanting no uncertainty, and, right. and so if if the kid came out with a tail and barked like a dog, that would have been fine um, as long as it was healthy, right. and and that was that was really what what mattered to us. And so having having being able to work with an agency that had the relationships with the clinics where it was all sort of one-stop shop where you didn't have to ship the embryos from 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 you know San Francisco down to San Diego or from LA down to San Diego where you didn't have to do any of that where you didn't have to ship the sperm where you know my truck was the sperm shipper I drove to the <laughs> I drove to the clinic and, and I did my thing um, that was that was the sperm you were the walking private yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and and so that was that was sort of how that that was it, it makes it a lot easier to process, to to wrap your head around, yeah. and and then you look for a staff. Uh, we were blessed in that we had a really caring doctor who who was more than happy to help us have a family and was excited about it and who had worked with people before we got him by a well, referral. Well, let's give him a little bit of a plug. Yeah, sure. <laughs> who was this doctor? So, so it was Dr. Sam Wood. Um, uh, you, know, you can make the joke about the name because we all do. Um, uh, and, and he's uh, out of Gen 5 Fertility uh, in, in, in San Diego and in, in Serena Valley. Um, and we had uh, he had worked uh, to help uh, some friends of ours have kids. We didn't even know that. Um, and so when we were we were having dinner with them and they were asking, you know, so how's kind of, you know, how's it going? How's the process? And, uh, Eric is his name. And, and he said, um, 
well, you know, that's something you're thinking about. This is who we went through. And I'm like, you're kidding. I had no idea. I had no idea where those kids came from. I just assumed they were Bobs yeah. from a previous marriage. Right, right. <laughs> and it turns out they were there. You know, that's how they that's how they got them. And so th- that was 20 years ago yeah. and or more because those kids are in college now. And so that was how we that was how we got in. And fortunately, Dr. Wood's still in business. He's still doing great. And the clinic is beautiful. And, the, you know, wow. and, and they had access to the eggs, too, um, which was something that we didn't we didn't know how to do like how do you go and get a woman to give you your eggs and how or their eggs and how do you go and get a woman to carry your baby i mean you know we're, we we see those lifetime tv shows and that was that was not the experience we wanted right i know you worked with your eggs to to get the to, the, mm-hmm. uh, to get that as the agency and i know that they have relationships with a lot of different clinics but they mm-hmm. were very i know that they worked really well with dr Wood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so that that was like kind of the best everything just kind of came together yeah they so they actually uh dr wood actually recommended your eggs to us uh, as, as, as an option to get a, to get an egg donor. And so that was, that worked out really well for us. And, um, and again, you, you have the ability to kind of match some characteristics. And so we thought, well, doesn't cost any more money. It's all the same process. Why don't we get a kid that looks like they could have been our kid? Right. Um, and so we kind of looked for looked for things like that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't find any that uh, hated the Chargers and loved the Padres. So we just kind of had to settle with what you we had. You had to just kind of yeah, go. we just <laughs> had to settle, man. <laughs> That's awesome. We just we just and you know we we needed somebody who hated the Dodgers and um, yeah. the, those just aren't conversations that you can have. You can't, unfortunately, but you. But, what hopefully there's guidance and right you know and we, it's, it's it really it, we really will learn the true answer between is it nature or nurture yeah you know, yeah because we'll find out we're going to provide the nurture part of that argument <laughs> that's that's fantastic now i also know that you're involved with um, thinking about having number two now, yes. I, now you have a boy is the mm-hmm. option to have another uh, another boy or are you thinking about having a girl this time um, that depends on which one of us you ask. Um, if you ask me, I would love to have a baby girl. If you ask my husband, he was raised uh, with all sisters, and he says they're the meanest things in the world. Little girls are the meanest things in the world. Um, so it's really we're we're still having that discussion, um, but we are we are pretty set on because this process went so smoothly. We are and 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 was was affordable for us, and so we're we're in the we're in those discussions now i would call them negotiations right. <laughs> well that's one of the things you have to key on i mean that's one of the most important things when you're mm-hmm. into an agency right you actually have to communicate really well with your partner because everybody's got their own expectations and you need to kind of figure that out before you start really moving into that path is that yeah, right and and right and and one of the one of the concerns for us were, was cost because we we do want to make sure that we're not spending money that could be better served you know, setting up a college fund or, or, you know, buying gas. Um, we're just trying to figure that stuff out. But one of the benefits for us, and I don't, this is, it's my understanding that this is not everybody's experience, but one of the benefits for us was that our egg donor that we used had some extra eggs. And so they were kind of banked. Yes. And so we have access to those, which makes this a little more affordable uh, for us. And the expectation is that they'll just be as viable as as, as the other ones. So that's uh, that's sort of where we're at in the process. And that's perfect. I mean, that, that's the best case scenario, especially when you get if you get extra eggs, you can bank those eggs. And at a future date, so you have 
genetic to relate to each other. So right. they literally are going to be siblings. Yeah, in case that egg donor isn't donating eggs anymore, um, if this was a if this was something that they wanted to do and then did it and then moved on with their life to go pursue other things, um, which we understand happens. Um, then you know you're going to have even more of a, a, a you, you, there are more variables to factor into that. But in this case, we got really lucky. Our egg donor was like a machine, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so there's so there's there's enough eggs there that we that uh, the the folks at Gen Five and Doctor Wood think that uh, that we have a good shot. That's perfect. Now you're two gay men, so did you go? You obviously went surrogate. Yeah. Um, was that a friend, or did you go through no. an agency for that too? No. Um, we understand that there are some folks who will use a friend. Um, we don't. We certainly have some folks who we probably could have asked. Like he has a sister. He's got, he's got a lot of sisters. Um, but what we wanted to do was have someone where the relationship was clearly understood from the beginning. There were clear deliverables along the way. And that at the end of the process, that relationship was concluded. Everybody walked away happy, having all the expectations met. And I cannot, I cannot emphasize this enough. Make sure the lawyer who writes up the contract with the surrogate knows what they're doing. And, and we got really lucky because Dr. Wood had all kinds of recommendations for it. And so did the surrogacy agency. And oddly, they were all the same people. So that kind of worked out really nicely. So you used which, which surrogate agency did you use? Did you uh, use Great Beginning? We did. Yeah. And yeah. That's one that Dr. Wood works closely with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, that's well, that's that makes sense. That's probably why the lawyers were all the same people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really nice that you have this kind of nice, uh, like you said, when, when you started out, that everything was just kind of like fit mm-hmm. together. So. Yeah. And, and in, I mean, you pay for it, but it's, but it's, um, you're, what you're paying for is peace of mind and certainty and, and, and an elimination of variables. And I will, I will say that if you are someone who is out there and you're listening to this and you think, well, you know, I've had this conversation with my friend and she is willing to do this. Great. Awesome. Still make sure you have a lawyer write up a contract. Yeah. Um, because the last thing you want is for that friendship that you're counting on to be important to your child's life and your life to be damaged because the expectations weren't clear and you didn't know what you were supposed to do and they didn't know what they were supposed to get and, and all of that stuff. So make sure that that's still all written up, even if it is a friend. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They, they also do a, another, uh, they do a podcast at your eggs and they oh. had two lawyers. They did two sessions with lawyers. Oh, really? And so I listened to those and it's so right. I mean, you, you have to establish who the parent is. Mm-hmm. And they were telling horror stories where they didn't have good lawyers and the child was being birthed and there was no family. There was mm-hmm. no parent. There was no right. parent. So, yeah. And in those situations, there's no guarantee that that story isn't going to change their mind and you don't have a legal contract that prevents that from happening. Right. You know, but here in California, all of that's understood. That's settled case law. You know, yeah. there's, you know, you have a contract. This is the deal. That's what the surrogate is. And all the surrogates that we were having, we, we had to choose from were experienced surrogates, meaning they had done this before. So they kind of knew what to do, how to do it and, and kind of how the relationship was going to end at the end. And, and so that's great. So, and, and one of the benefits not to sell California, but here, both of our names are on the birth certificate. Wow. You know, it's, it's my name and it's my husband's name and we're the parents. We're not, you know, mother or father or, you right. know, parent one, parent two. That makes sense. And po- people don't know that. I mean, most people don't get that. Yeah. And that's something that you can, you can negotiate through the, you know, that's part of the, what the lawyer does for you. And that's part of what the agency kind of takes care of for you. But, you know, when you're 
you're when you're enrolling your kid in uh, we are already enrolled in child care because there's like a two year wait period. Yeah. So we are already enrolled. And when you have the birth certificate and they're both your names are on it, it just makes your life a whole lot easier when you're doing medical care and both your names are on the birth certificate and you're taking that to the to the doctor's office because the doctor isn't going to see an adult who isn't related to the kid. And right. no, you know, that makes sense. it's so much easier. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, th- these are the details that actually your journey gave you insight. Oh, yeah. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, I mean, okay, so I know you're you're busy and I don't want to take away anything, but if you were just to kind of nutshell people going through this, they're at that start, they're thinking about how we found, what's their, if they listen to any of this and want a good takeaway from this, what would you, what would you go with? Know what's best for you. Uh, know what, what your goal is at the end um, and choose the path that's going to get you there using resources you can afford to, to, to exhaust, you know, um, that's, that's the, you know, kind of know what you want, have patience, find someone to work with that you believe in, that you, that, that makes you feel good, that has good customer service. Um, because all of those little things are going to wind up mattering at the end and then just have patience. Wow. Wow. That is so cool. I really, I really do appreciate you taking time. I know, um, and talking about this, it's so fun to talk to you about this because I know how hard it is for a lot of intended parents. I, I, I've talked to them and, and it's just crushing at some of these stories and to sit across the table from you and have you laughing and happy and know you have this thinking about having your second child this way. It just it just makes me so happy that that is a success story I can share with people. It's my pleasure to share it, and thanks. And I I'm, I chuckled a little bit when you said that phrase, "intended parents." Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's it's one of those weird it's one of those weird things that you think about. I know that's an industry that's 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 what people refer to each, you know, us as, but it is kind of funny. Intended parents. Well, we're, we're we can drop the intended now. We're yeah, we're parents. You're parents. We're just parents. Yeah. Oh well, thank you again, Jay. That was that was a great thing and i hope people that you know have the time to listen to this got some good information because that's why i do these so um appreciate you again and until next time i'll see you soon thanks for having me well i hope you like that podcast it was actually really fun to do and that's the thing about this podcast here is i bring real people who've had real experiences at what the what people are going through and you get to get some insight on probably questions that you have that you wouldn't be able to ask, just walk up to people and find out. So uh, this podcast is actually dedicated to finding the people that are going through life's experience down this line and uh, have open and honest conversations with them so that you could kind of get a glimpse of what's going on and hopefully help you make decisions in the future. If you like it, subscribe. That's the best way to keep us doing it. And look for a new one every two weeks. Thank you again for listening. Take care.